appreciate that. Look, time is going, so I'm going to do a modern-day miracle. Um, I'm going to preach a sermon in under 15 minutes. No, you're dead. Sorry. (laughs) Your lunch is gone. Um, But I do have a French connection here today. So uh, can the French connection stand up, please? Please? So... um, Hello, and I know you're not French, but you married a Frenchman. So God bless you. So these folk, I pastored them, what, 30 years ago? <laughs> so you know how old that makes me? <laughs> Very old. But it really encourages my heart, guys, to see people that have stood the test of time. You know, the average life expectancy of a Western Christian is seven years. It's not good, is it? Most Christians only last... That's the average. So God bless these people that are above average. And Fred, can you just say, comment allez-vous? Can you talk French to them? Bless them, mon Dieu. You can talk. God bless you. And uh, take your seats. And uh, yeah, Can we have the, the PowerPoint up? I'm going to try and get through this uh, reasonably quickly. You know, we really have a choice in life as to whether we will be word-based or worry-based. You know, it's either wordy or worry. You know, it's were and it's the D or the re. So, you know, what's your default setting? Where are you set? Do you tend to be a warrior or do you tend to be a warrior? Are you cemented into the word is what I believe rather than my feelings are what I believe? You know, I allow God to be my truth or allow my feelings to be my truth. Good questions, aren't they? And this is where God wants us to do. So we're just going to go to that next slide now, thanks. And uh, taking up something from Matthew 13, look, it'd be nice if we had time to go through the whole parable of the sower, chapter 13, verse 1, all the way through. But just going to pull out that one segment for time today from verse 22, which talks about the seed, which is the Word of God. Amen, the Word. You got your Word today? Yeah? Well, that Word's a seed. And guess what seeds do? If they're watered, if they're put into the light, what do seeds do? They grow. It's the nature of the seed. It grows. But this seed falls amongst the thorns and refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful, Matthew 3. So you can hear the word, Every one of you here today will hear something of God's Word. May God give you the discernment to throw away Mike's stupidity and just hear the Word of God in all that I say. But there's a little bit in there. So focus in on that. But you can hear it, but it can be made unfruitful because of worry. Say worry. Worry. Next slide. One of the questions you have to ask in life, who's in control? Who likes roller coasters? Who hates roller coasters? (laughs) I went to SeaWorld many years ago and uh, Monique chickened out because it was a big scary one. But I was brave and I got it. So I had to share the caboose with someone else. And this old guy gets in who looks mean. He's got tats up to his, you know, up his neck, you know. He's got, you know, um, 
bling all over. I mean, he looks like a really rough sort of a guy, the sort of guy you don't want to meet in an alley coming home, you know. He gets in this caboose, and we go, click, 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 click. We get up to the top, and he starts to scream for his mummy. <laughs> when we get out of the caboose, he actually almost faints. He sort of doesn't quite hit the decks and stuff. So, so, you know, we like to be in control. Who likes to be in control? And all the wives said, I'm trying. <laughs> and all the men says, she's trying. Oh, no, no, sorry. <clears throat> Who's in control? Well, I want to tell you, can I, can I tell you the truth today? I just want me to preach. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's he saying? <laughs> you meant to be always telling the truth. Okay, I want to tell you that there's a lot about your life you can't control. Next slide. Um, you can't control people. Has anybody tried to control their spouse? I spent years trying to get her to do what I wanted. Has <laughs> anybody tried to control your children? Has anybody tried to control, you know, their pastor? <laughs> and I try to control, you know, you cannot control people. I, I, I really feel for God, you know, because he has the same problem that you and I have. He can't control people either. I mean, he has power and he has the capacity to reward and to curse. But if all you use is power, then you're an abuser. If all you use is reward and punishment, well, then you're bribing the relationship. So ultimately, if you give people a free will, that's not a number between two and four. That's the ability for you to make your own decision about stuff. The moment there is free will, unfortunately, you can't control it, can you? So I want everybody just to let it go. Let it go. Do I do it one more time? Let it go. You cannot control people. In fact, let's get really, really real. You have enough trouble controlling this people. Yeah? Is that the truth? So let it go. Some of you will absolutely revolutionize your lives if you stop trying to control people. Next slide. So, uh, the other thing is you can't control life. That's the reality check. Stuff's going to happen. There's going to be the unexpected. This church has had one of the worst weeks it's had in some 20 years of history. We had some serious stuff take this, happen this week and it's still not over. We need a few miracles. We need some real miracles. Now, everything's okay, but we need miracles. So you can't control what comes in the front door, can you? All you can do is control your response to those things. So the next slide is this one. Thank you. The 80-20 rule. Has anybody ever heard of the 80-20 rule before? It's often called the Petrine Principle in business, which says about 20% of what you do will achieve, will achieve about 80% of your results. And 80% of what you do will only achieve about 20% of your results. 
It's, it works for time, scheduling, productivity, a whole range of things. But the Petrine principle also, I think, is very good wisdom in terms of our spiritual life and development. Because your life is going to be about 20% of what happens to you. Mm. Mm. Okay, everybody be a cow. Mm. Mm. 20% of life is what happens to you. You can't control the motor vehicle accident. I can still remember getting a phone call saying, can you please pray for Pastor Karen? She's been in a motor vehicle accident. She might die. I can still remember that phone call. That wasn't the planned day, was it, when that car came out? You can't control what happens to you. But it's actually only about 20% of the equation of what sort of life you want. Now, who wants a good life? Who wants a really good life? Jesus promised us that... The devil, well, that's not the promise, but the reality is the devil comes to kill, to maim, and destroy. But I have come, Jesus said, that you might have life and have it to the full measure. Who wants that? Well, here's the promise. 20% not in your control, but 80% is. And it's your response to that which is difficult and dangerous and distressing Jesus gives us the ability to respond appropriately. That's why we call it a response ability. So I can't control the fact that my 51-year-old sister has turned up unexpectedly from Canberra, that she's going oak. We're going to have to take her through bankruptcy, that she's consuming um, probably two or three hundred dollars of alcohol every week, that she's morbidly obese, that she has failed heart condition. The last time she tried to detox, she went into cardiac arrest. Uh, we're having to cook for her, clean for her. I'm having to buy smokes and cigarettes, which I am so uncomfortable about. I can't control that. I want to, but I can't. But what I can do is respond with the fruit of the Spirit, with the truth of Jesus Christ, with wisdom, and we can actually say, like with all things, you know what the Keatings know? We know that all things work together for good for those who love God. We can't see how it's good, but I'll tell you this. One day I'll stand here and I says, I can tell you, we know that all things work together for good. And we'll be able to tell you what the good was. Right now, we're on this side of the miracle. One day, we'll be on the other side of the miracle. But the only way you get to the other side of the miracle is you have the right response. Because the other response is, I don't like it. I don't want to go home. This is horrible. This is terrible. My mocha latte thing's gone flat. And I don't, you know, we, we can get so. So I wanted to, here's the good news. 80% of what comes your way, you can turn into a victory in the name of Jesus. Talking to a, a young lady recently, says, look, I, I may, I'm already in the testimony. I love that. She's in the testing zone, really. But you only get to the testimony by going through the test first, but she's already got a testimony. She's already determined what she's going to do on the other side of it all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Next room, here we going. Oh, I've only done 70 steps today. I'm going to die if I don't keep up. Okay, this is my 
favourite text for the moment, but he who trusts in his own heart is a fool. Oh, that's hard. That's a bit arrogant, isn't it? Oh, it's in the Bible, by the way. It's Proverbs chapter 28, verse 26. But he who trusts in his own heart is a... That's stupid. That's idiot. He who trusts in their own heart is a fool. But he who walks wisely will be delivered. Who wants deliverance? Who wants freedom? Who wants victory? Who wants J, J, J? Well, what you've got to do is you've got to walk in wisdom. And I want to really help those people and tell you what Hebrew wisdom is as opposed to Greek wisdom. Greek wisdom is the accumulation of philosophy and knowledge and synthesis and all the rest. Hebrewism is knowing the right thing to do and doing it. Is that a hard thing to do? Oh, look, it is hard, (laughs) but it ain't complicated. You know, knowing the right thing to do and doing it, the Bible says is wise. So every one of us here today, if you've got a conscience, if you're not brain damaged, you have access to wisdom in the name of Jesus. Just do the right thing and you'll get the right outcomes. But, you know, it's such a thing these days is that, you know, in fact, one of the main messages of Hollywood is just, just believe in your heart. Just do what's right in your heart. And yet the Bible says that that's actually foolishness. I've got my B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. And the Bible says that part of the armour of God is the breastplate of righteousness. I reckon if we just put this book over our heart and let everything that wants to go into our heart have to go through the truth of this first and everything that comes out of our heart has to go through the truth of this, I think we've got a pretty good breastplate and we can actually handle any arrow, any javelin, any sword that the enemy may want to stick here. But if I take this breastplate off, I become so vulnerable. One of the advantages in travelling in aeroplanes is that you get really yummy food. Uh, no, sorry, erase that one, please. One of, the, one of the advantages is that you get to see movies because I don't go to the movies very often, or very, very rarely I do that, and I tend to fall asleep from watching something at home. And I think the best movie I've seen in the last few years has been a movie called The Bridge of Spies. Has anybody seen it? So it's won six, it got nominated for six Academy Awards. It talks about how this... Uh, uh, it's a true-life story. I like true-life stories, and there's no gratuitous sex or violence in that sense. Uh, it's a Cold War story filled with political intrigue, a true story about how this Russian a spy gets captured by the CIA and he's arrested and they're going to send him to jail. In fact, they want to kill him. And they pick out this high, uh, you know, this very well-qualified lawyer, it's actually an insurance lawyer, played by Tom Hanks. And his job is to defend this Russian spy, but don't defend him too well because ultimately we want him to get electrocuted. We want to get him fried, barbecued. So interesting tension. Tom Hanks has been given the job of giving the man a fair trial, but then been told we don't really want it to be that fair. You know, we want him to be found guilty. And Tom Hanks eventually uh, negotiates that he doesn't go to the 
to the electric chair, but he's kept back as a as a swap for a American pilot that's actually shot down over Russia. So you know, big story, and they've got to swap the spies over this bridge of spies where it comes in. But the thing I liked about it is that the little man, he was nominated for a best supporting actor for his ward, who plays the thing, he's he's very phlegmatic. He's got all these things happening. And instead of reacting badly, you know, anger, histronics, drama, all that sort of stuff, he just responds very, very softly, often with this little expression, would it help? Would it help? You know, I think some of us have watched too many days of Home and Away or Neighbours. You know, does it help? It's a flat tyre. Change the tyre. <laughs> uh, we've got a video. So, but I don't work for the government. I am here to offer my services as your legal counsel. If you accept them as such, I work for you. If I accept you. Are you good at what you do? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Have you represented many accused spies? No, not yet. This will be a first for the both of us. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, you accept. Yes, all right. Good, okay. Let's start here. If you are firm in your resolve not to cooperate with the U.S. government... I am. Yeah. Then do not talk to anybody else about your case, inside of government or out, except to me, to the extent that you trust me. I have a mandate to serve you. Nobody else does. Quite frankly, everybody else has an interest in sending you to the electric chair. All right. You don't seem alarmed. Uh, would it help? How did we do in there? Uh, not too good. Apparently, you're not an American citizen. That's true. And according to your boss, you're not a Soviet citizen either. Well, the boss isn't always right. But he's always the boss. Do you never worry? Would it help? What do you think will happen when you get home? I think I'll have a vodka. Yeah. Yeah. But... Rudolph, is there not the possibility? That my people are going to shoot me. Yes. You're not worried. Would it help? I don't work for the government. I am here to offer my services as your legal counsel. If you accept...
for an evening and then joy comes in the morning. Absolutely. We should spend those times and those nights we're honest with God and we, we cry out our tears, we repent, we do what's necessary. But then in all of that, we're meant to navigate our way to the other side to allow God then to fill us with his joy. Not my joy, but with his joy, his peace, his attitudes. You can't control what happens to you, but you can control and select your attitude to what happens with you. Take the hand of someone next to you. We're going to pray. Father, you give us good seed. You give us a great word. Lord, you give us, Lord, what we need to have for life, for peace, for godliness, for victory. But, Lord, a fickle heart, faulty feelings, Lord, those fading feelings, those things that can get in the way, the worry, the anxiety can strangle, choke out the life you want to give to us. And so, Father, we pray that you would help each of us this day to make that decision, Lord, to put, Lord, in that prefrontal cortex, Lord, the, the gateway to our mind and our heart, Lord, our mouth, that we would absolutely align our heart Lord, with your plan and purposes, that, Lord, we would choose truth, Lord, over feelings. We'd uh, choose destiny, Lord, over desire. Lord, we'd choose faith over feelings, that you may, Lord, not only be glorified in our life, but, Lord, we would also be those who could enjoy, Lord, the privileges and the benefits of being children of the living God. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to invite our music team up. I'd like us to sing that first one, the first song that we sang. It says, I think in there is a line like, we are the church. Are you the church today? I, I, I think it's funny how people complain about the church. You know, the church this, the church that and stuff. Guess who's the church? We're the church, guys. <laughs> it's us. So I'm not going to complain about you and me. We are the church of Jesus Christ the ones who have assembled together to be the hope of the world. There are broken families, domestic violence, drug addiction, a whole bunch of stuff out there, and we are God's hope for the world. So let's stand, shall we? And uh, at the end of the service, we release you to lunch and coffee and cappuccinos and lattes and macchiatos and chicken and spices. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your own personal saviour, we really want to invite you out to the front at the end of this service. Let me just put it as simply as I know how to do it. God at his essence is life. God is life. And the other side of that, the devil at his essence is death. You actually have to choose whether you want life or whether you want death. And this is the thing. There is no life without God. If you want to choose life, you have to choose God because one day he will give you and honour your choice. If you've chosen, I don't want God, then God will honour your choice and he will give you eternal, perpetual, everlasting death. Whereas if you choose God, he will give you Eternal, perpetual, everlasting, quality, life. And we get to choose.
we get to choose. So if you've yet to make that choice or you need to make that choice again, I'm a great believer that you should get saved every week. I have to get saved every week. Um, then please come out the front. We'd love to pray with you and believe God for a miracle that you will meet Jesus Christ today as your Lord and Saviour. So thank you. A one. A one, two, three, four. Good work.